What companies would you want to work for? Just Capital is a nonprofit that tracks which companies are a force for good. Companies like Bank of America, which just earned the prestigious Just Capital 2024 seal. Bank of America is ranked number one in the banking industry and number one for their ongoing commitment to workers, offering best-in-class benefits, including a minimum wage of $25 an hour by 2025. Visit JustCapital.com to learn how a just business is a better business. Furnished by Just Capital. Looking forward to the NCAA tournament, and we found out uh, the brackets last night. Unfortunately, they do not include OSU, which we thought. They do not include OU, which we knew, but still looking forward to the NCAA tournament. It's a great time of year, man. I, I can't wait for this thing. We've got that to get into. ton of NBA over the weekend. What a performance by Steph Curry in the fourth period and overtime of that big game on Saturday night against Milwaukee. Uh, the Thunder win a couple, uh, including one last night without SGA. Now, I know it was over the Spurs, so uh, nothing really to puff your chest out about that much, but still, 2-0 weekend, you take it. And um, so we, we've got a lot of good stuff to get into. Plus, this could be a big day in the NFL um, with, I guess, I guess they're actually calling it now, Craig, legal tampering can now happen uh, at some <laughs> point today. Um, and of course, Aaron Rodgers, uh, God love him, uh, making everybody wait on pins and needles as uh, Aaron Rodgers uh, just uh, has to have all the attention on himself, Craig. I mean, we have, this is not breaking news, I don't think, but we'll wait and see if he's a New York Jet by the end of the day. Yeah, free agency starts at noon Eastern time, so that's 11 a.m. our time. Uh, and then, yeah, the NFL with the Lamar Jackson situation. I mean, he they can't do anything with him until he signs that tender. I don't know if he's going to, you know, if, if he wants to, to sign that franchise tag right now. So that's an interesting situation uh, there also in the NFL. Uh, and then we had a big trade with the Bears trading the number one pick, and and yeah, we sure a lot did. of NFL news over the weekend. We'll get into a lot of that with Pat because we said this time of year it's NCAA basketball, and the bracket is revealed last night, and we we find out the the four number one seeds, and and really find out that the overall number one seed is Alabama. After Kansas, I mean Kansas loses Texas two times in seven in in, in eight days, Matt. Um, Texas beats them. Then Houston goes down to Memphis with without Marcus Sasser. Uh, he he just slips. I mean, just a terrible break again for for Kelvin Sampson. Sasser slips, and uh, I don't know if he had a wet spot on the floor or what, but uh, uh, kind of does the splits and and has has a groin injury. We'll see when he's going to be uh, back for them. Bill Self, of course, was not with. The Jayhawks over the weekend, they say he is going to be back, so that's good news for Kansas. He'll be back for the tournament. But, again, Texas uh, just uh, Texas absolutely hammered him by 20 points in Kansas City uh, in the Big 12 final. Uh, but Kansas still a number one seed, but not the number one overall seed, and they don't get to go to uh, Kansas City. So it's Alabama, Houston, Kansas, and Purdue uh, beats uh, Penn State. Close game in the Big Ten championship game. 67-65, and Purdue uh, gets that final number one seed, Matt. So, Matt, your first glance at the brackets. I mean, uh, obviously there was a lot of talk about Texas A&M only getting a number seven seed as they made it all the way to the SEC championship game. Now, Alabama just hammered them 82-63. to uh, But a lot of people thought that, that A&M should have been a little higher seed uh, than a number seven there. I didn't like it because we got Texas and Houston, and I'm pulling for Kelvin's team 
like I said, we'll see about Sasser. Matt, Texas playing some great basketball. Let's start with them, what they did to Kansas over the weekend. Well, it probably knocked Kansas out of being the number one overall seed. Now, Kansas is still a one seed and still has a, a, a pretty good path, although I will say this. Uh, this Arkansas team, it's its Arkansas and Illinois. That's the 8-9 game opposite Kansas. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I still say Arkansas has got a whole lot of talent. And, you know, it's maybe fair to say the, the Razorbacks have been a little disappointing this year. I, I would have expected more out of them, you know. Um, but as talented as but, they are, that will not – if that's who they play. Now, they got to get past Illinois right. first. Got to get past Illinois. That's right. but, but you're right. No, they could be they could beat Kansas. Uh, especially the way Kansas is playing right now. Like I said, Texas drilled them by 20. But, yeah, Matt, that's right. um, that's going to be no easy cakewalk uh, there uh, for Kansas. I- I'm a little uh, interested. Texas- in, now, looking <clears throat> at these brackets, um, I'm a little interested that, you know, we hear that the uh, the committee follows the S-curve where, you know, the the last number one seed plays the best number two seed in their eyes, right? I mean, we we hear that a lot. Theoretically. Theoretically, they do. Um, and theoretically, Purdue is the last number one seed. Is Marquette the best number two seed? Are they? I mean, I, I haven't seen a ton of Marquette. I will admit that. But is Marquette better than Arizona, Texas, or UCLA? Yeah, I haven't either. I don't know. Man, now, Texas I know that, is playing really good right now. Arizona, I, I mean, they, they beat UCLA. Yeah. Now, UCLA had a couple of injuries, okay? That's and true. And so UCLA also was not at full strength over the weekend, so – and and Zona and UCLA led most of that game. I watched that and and led most of the game. Zona beats them at the end. Uh, but again, that's a really now again they they weren't at full strength. UCLA and that's another killer. Is is that that's another team I really liked. A couple of teams uh-huh. I liked. You know, going into the bracket like Houston, UCLA has injury problems. Kansas, you know, loses loses their coach and Bill Self, but uh, but he's going to be back. Um, what are some other ones, Matt? Yeah, Marquette, I, like I said, I haven't seen that much of them. You know, K-State right. is the number three seed yep. in that same region uh, with Purdue. By the way. This whole thing is wide open to me, it, Matt. It's, it's I, wide open. Just not, yeah, there's not a dominant number one team. I mean, I, I, I'm not surprised at the four number one seeds. You know right. what I'm saying, Matt? Yep. But like I said, I think Texas is a very dangerous number two seed the way they're playing. Arizona. Number two seed is, is they win their conference tournament. You talked about Marquette, and then UCLA is the other one. UCLA, we'll just have to see where they are uh, injury-wise. But it, it, it's really interesting to me. You brought up Kansas State, and I think most people know the story of – it's Keontae Johnson, right, the transfer from uh-huh. Florida. If if you don't know the story about him, you know, he was the player that was at Florida and collapsed and I think had what they literally called athlete's heart. Um you know, and, and then, you know, after a year or two, he transfers to Kansas State. There was a, an absolute tearjerker of a story on ESPN Sunday morning or sat, Saturday or Sunday morning, one of the two, about him. So I would highly recommend, if you don't know the story about Keontae Johnson and what all that he went through just to get back on the floor, um, he's had a fantastic year for Kansas State, and it's kind of the main reason they're at where they, you know, where they are where they are. Um, really would would highly encourage people going out of the way to see that. Um yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess, and again, like, like you, Craig, I haven't seen a ton of Marquette. You know, we just we don't watch the Big East like we used to, Craig. When, when you had Georgetown and, and Syracuse and Connecticut, you know, you had all the powers, Villanova, and it was such a great basketball league. But I don't know. I guess I was a little surprised. Now, I know that they 
probably Craig did not want to put Texas as the two in Kansas's region. You know, I think it, they would probably right, prefer right. not to not to do that if they could. No, they weren't going to put it. Kansas with with yeah as a you know one I'll one and you, two from the same conference. You know, no. I the more I look at the West with Kansas, there's there are going to be some tough outs if you know, assuming that Kansas can make a run here. I mean, I don't. I don't know that either St. Mary's or UConn will be an easy game for KU, and then if KU can make it that far, I tell you that UCLA Gonzaga game in the Sweet Sixteen, if, if it happens, mm-hmm. now who knows if it'll happen? You know, maybe there'll be an upset yeah. or something. But that UCLA TCU, Gonzaga game, you know, yeah, TCU right. could be TCU Gonzaga. That that would be a heck of a game. Uh, you know, and I know people are high on UConn. I haven't seen as much of, uh, of right. UConn, uh, Matt, but I. Yeah, I mean that that thing is just wide open. I think you could make a case for maybe any of the top six seeds there. You know, oh, St. Sure. Mary's. Sure. We've seen them play Gonzaga, and uh, and Duke. The way that Duke finished, Matt, the other day. Yeah, they really Playing came well. together at the, at the end of this season and, sure. and beat beat Virginia by by ten points uh, in that one. Uh, but Duke's only a number five seed. ORU has to play them. <laughs> Right off the bat, mm-hmm. so it's a, a tough draw for for ORU. But I mean, theoretically, if it goes by seeds, you you would have a Duke Tennessee matchup. Um, but uh, yeah, I could see uh, I could see Duke going a long way um, in 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 that uh, in the East bracket. Uh, West Virginia goes in as number nine seed. They're going to have to play Alabama in the second game if they get by Maryland. Got to get by Maryland first. Um, Baylor is the number three seed in that same region in the in the Alabama region. So, not, yeah, this thing this thing just looks as wide open as ever to me, Matt. That's what's going to make for a fun tournament. I think. I, I think, you know, yeah. like I said, you can make a case for a lot of teams that uh, aren't seeded all that high to make a run. Um, I tell you, a, a team that's an absolute mystery to me right now. We've talked a lot about them because they're in this conference. I have no idea what to expect of Baylor. You know, I mean, Baylor's, we know they have a ton of talent, but at the same time, they've had a couple of puzzling, puzzling losses lately to Iowa State. Not that Iowa State's not any good. I'm just saying, you know, they lose on their home floor on senior day to Iowa State, and then they get the immediate rematch in the Big 12 tournament. And like you, I thought they would uh, exact a little revenge, and that didn't happen. So, uh, you know, I, to me, Craig, I think Baylor's one of those teams that we could look up and see them in the Elite Eight, and we could see them getting beat day one by santa barbara you know there's yeah I, they, no, I'm to with me, you. there's I'm no with way you. of knowing what they're going to do they're not defending like the baylor teams that were no. going to the final four and so forth so i'm not my confidence level after iowa state like you said swept them three times um uh, i'm i i won't be picking baylor uh, to go to the final four so like i said my confidence i mean the hot teams texas is hot duke but this the hot teams don't always get there you know <laughs> Uh, it but, really uh, is interesting because sometimes, you know, they say you want to be going into the tournament with a lot of momentum, and I think that yeah, is true. Right. But, you know, sometimes it, it, it's almost like some teams can hit a wall. You know, if they get on a roll and they win that conference tournament, I'm not saying you don't want to win. You always want to win whatever game you're playing. But sometimes it's like there's almost this kind of uh, this letdown a little bit after you've made a run. So, uh, yeah, it, it's it's interesting, you know, how all that works. You just you, you kind of never know really how all that works. But uh, and no, Bama cruised in Bama. By the way, I mean they beat Mississippi State by what twenty three points, and then they beat Missouri double digits in the semis, and then then they beat A and M 
you know, by, by 19 points in, in the championship game, so they weren't even challenged in the SEC right. tournament. And they do get the number one uh, overall seed. Um, so Bill Self, the, the Muscleman story, did you, did you see that one? Uh, well, and, as, and as yes. They lost to A&M and one of his assistants. Now, it wasn't him Correct. That, right. that grabbed his phone and, and, and threw it down. Uh, but but um, but his, his assistants did have to restrain him a few times during the game, and Musselman and he's he's going if you get down you know seven nothing in the foul count at any level whether it's CYO college NBA it affects your aggressiveness defensively and anyway he was he was doing some big time crying uh, after that game. Well, I uh, I get a kick out of Musselman, but yeah, the you I you know what I think about belly aching about officiating. I I don't have any room for that. Um, yeah, the, that was an unfortunate deal. Um, has that has that staffer from Arkansas even had any kind of punishment? I know Arkansas put out a statement. I don't think that at least from the statement that they put out, I haven't even seen that guy have any kind of punishment. Like he's going to have to sit out a game or whatever. I I don't know that that was an unfortunate deal. Um, yeah, uh, Arkansas. Again, I I just get the feeling he's been. I think Musselman's been frustrated this year. You know, they. I know they've had some injuries. You know, to some of their better players, but I mean, they've got a lot of talent on that team, and and I don't think it's quite been the year that he wanted. And I think some of that frustration came out the other day. A uh, and M won at sixty seven sixty one. That was a quarterfinal game. Um, and and then, like I said, Texas. I I tell you, Matt Dylan Dessou. I mean. He had a yeah, heck he of a tournament. Uh, 18 points, six rebounds, right. seven of nine shooting, made all four of his foul shots in the championship game against Kansas. They, they shot at 50%. They only made four out of 17 threes in that game, uh, but so did Kansas. Kansas had four out of 17 threes. Uh, Grady did supposed to be their shooter, and he missed all five of his. Jalen Wilson was great as always, 24 points and, and, and six rebounds, but he was about all uh, that the Jayhawks had against the Texas Longhorns. Uh, Serge Jabari Rice, he had 17. Marcus Carr had set when, when Rice and Carr are shooting the ball, and they only shot one for six from three. It wasn't like they were shooting from three. But just overall, Rice was seven for 12. Carr, eight for 15. Cunningham, I thought, was big off the bench for oh, them yeah, with the definitely. nine rebounds. He, he was just getting every loose ball. Knocked down a couple of threes also. Cunningham did in that game for the Longhorns. So that that's very impressive. I, I don't care. You go in, you, you beat any Kansas team in oh, Kansas yeah. City and, and beat and them by 20 points. Run them out of the gym. Uh, that's the deal. They yeah. just ran them right out of the gym. Um, that's a heck of a job. And I know the committee, Craig, will probably deny it. And I know that Texas A&M has to beat Penn State first. And we just saw Penn State give a one seed in Purdue everything they wanted yesterday. So I understand yep. that. And the committee will deny they do these things, but I love it when it works out to where you can have like a rivalry like Texas and Texas A&M or like a big matchup like that. You know, like there are some years, Craig, you know how this is where, like, for example, we've had years where like Carolina was a one seed and maybe Kentucky had a down year and they're like in that eight or nine range. And if they win their first game, you've got Kentucky against Carolina in the second round. Well, there's a potential Texas-Texas A&M game in the second round that I I will very much be looking forward to if it happens because Penn State could certainly knock A&M off. Hey, and we got to say, we talked about injuries, Matt. Kansas didn't have McCuller yeah, uh, for the game right. against Texas. He only played 12 minutes in the Iowa State game, and he got hurt. And I, I tell you what, that's, that's, a, that's a big loss for them. That bears watching, uh, see what his stat is. Wilson had 25 points in that Iowa State game. 
I, w- I thought Iowa State would, would uh, do a better job against Kansas. Uh, Kansas kind of dominated that one, 71-58. Right. Uh, led it 33-25 at halftime. They forced 22 turnovers from Iowa State in that game. Kouser didn't shoot it well, 3 for 12. Credit the, the Kansas defense there. Uh, so that was impressive by the Jayhawks uh, in that one. Uh, Texas uh, took out TCU 66-60. Um, like I said, in that game, DeSue goes six for seven with eight rebounds, 15 points, eight rebounds. They also got 15 from Bishop off the bench uh, in that game. So Texas was just getting contributions up and down the line. Um, in the Alabama A&M game, uh, Brandon Miller only shoots five for 24 for 14 from three, but he still had 23 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, three steals, six offensive rebounds. Uh, still was big for them. Quinterly is also huge for them. He had 22 in in the game uh, against uh, against A and M. What else, Matt? Stood out. Let's see. You, we talked about that that Arkansas A uh, and M game, and Arkansas only shot 25 percent from three in that game, 40 percent from the field. A and M wins it. Hits one out of ten threes in that game. <laughs> so they didn't win it from the three point line, um, but A and M. Uh, took out Arkansas in that one. Alabama, like we said, was really impressive over the weekend, uh, beating Mississippi State, beating Missouri, uh, handling A&M in the finals there. Uh, Purdue, Matt, Purdue, like you said, that that uh, Purdue-Penn State game, heck of a game. And Zach Eady, we've talked about it all year long, Matt, in, in the championship game, oh, he, he had 30 dominant. points, 13 yeah. rebounds, six right. offensive rebounds, 12 out of 17, makes his free throws. Not a whole lot not to like about Zach Eady, huh? Uh, he's He was dominant. We'll hear a, a highlight here in a little bit where he had a big bucket late where he was triple teamed, and it didn't matter. He found a way to get it in, uh, made the score of 66-60. So, yeah, he's tremendous. Um, uh, he's He'll be a tough matchup. I, not a whole lot of people. What is he, like 7-4? Is that what he is? Uh, he He's a tough handle. Something like that. I mean, he's huge. Uh, no, he, he really is. He, he is tough to handle. Uh, Penn State did make a great run. Uh, in that tournament, only losing by two there. Uh, Penn State had taken out Indiana in the semifinal of that one and, and got 28 points from uh, Pickett, uh, 28 and 8 uh, from Pickett. Uh, Trace uh, Jackson Davis for Indiana, we've talked about him this year. He had a great game in that semifinal in the loss. He had 20 points, uh, 24 points, 10 rebounds, 7 assists, 11 out of 14 shooting, but not enough uh, for the Hoosiers as uh, Penn State moved on to the final and then, like we said, uh, lost by two in the final. And then then Houston had a chance to be the number one overall seed, and obviously the final four will be played in Houston. Uh, but Houston didn't get the job done in the final of the American tournament against Memphis. Memphis takes them out 75-65 after, like we said, Sasser had gone down in the semifinal, so he was not available, but the Cougs just – they didn't shoot the ball. 31% while Memphis shot 50%. It's a, it's rare for a Houston opponent to shoot 50%. Memphis shot 50% from the field and from three-point range. But for Houston, Shed goes three for 14. Mark goes three for 10. Arsenal goes three for 10. Walker goes four for 13. They just could not throw it in the ocean uh, yesterday. They were also 24% uh, from three-point range as Memphis uh, takes out the Houston Cougars after Houston had been very impressive in the semifinal against Cincinnati, where they won it by 21 points uh, going away. Houston is still a very, very good team, and 
like I said, I, I just hate it that they're yeah. in the same region with Texas. Right. Uh, because I would love to pick both of those teams now for the Final Four. But we've got to see about Sasser, right, Well, that, that's so. what I was going to say. And it, it's a groin, right? Yes. Uh, that worries me. Yeah, because that, that, that doesn't that just heal me. in two days. No. Yeah. Heck no. Business has always been about turning a profit, making money. But can it stand for something more? Something beyond dollars and cents? We think so. We think that today, business has a higher calling, a purpose to be fair and just, to do right by their workers, customers, communities, and the environment. And it turns out companies successful doing that also do better for their bottom line. When you see the Just Capital seal, it means this company is a force for good. Visit JustCapital.com to learn more. Are you ready for hard-hitting observations? She is the least credible person I may have ever seen on camera. The Ben Shapiro Show brings you all the news you need to know in America today. Guys, not everything is 40 chess. Why can't we just laugh? Ben breaks down the culture and never gives an inch. We all know I'm the number one rapper in the world thanks to Facts by Tom McDonald. The Ben Shapiro Show on YouTube or wherever you listen. Right. The Call of the Game, sponsored by Hook and Reel, Cajun Seafood and Bar. You need to go to the Hook and Reel, located at 6320 Southwest 3rd, right off I-40 and MacArthur. Good job. I'm forcing the kick and look at this kick. Oh, oh, Will, that time. Triple team. And how about that? And up and under. The footwork, though. Here, the little ball fake and then that little step through. Boy, you can see he's worked at that. A slithery move, lacking deception, but beautiful finish. And that highlight, courtesy of CBS, Jim Nance, Bill Raftery, yesterday as Purdue takes out Penn State in the Big Ten tournament final, and Purdue led by Zach Eady. You heard the highlight there. Eady finished with 30 points, 13 rebounds, six offensive rebounds, and he goes 12 for 17 from the field, six for seven from the foul line that was in the uh, championship game in the semifinal against ohio state where purdue won at 80 66 Edie in that one had 32 points 14 rebounds six offensive rebounds eight of 11 from the line 12 for 25 uh, this guy is really a force in purdue the number one seed in the east and uh, they'll take on the winner of texas southern ftu and their first game could be a Purdue-Memphis uh, matchup. Memphis against Florida Atlantic. I mean, no guarantee there, 8-9 matchup. But uh, Purdue, your number one seed in the East. That's our hook and reel uh, call of the game over the weekend. Craig Humphreys here at Dave Stanley, Chrysler, Jeep, and Dodge. I'll tell you more about them in a few minutes. Matt Meyer in studio. And, Matt, let's talk about the Thunders weekend. And like you said, they get the two victories, of course, Listen, the first one is Saturday against a New Orleans team playing very shorthanded. The Pelicans, I mean, when you don't have Zion Williamson and then now they were also playing without Brandon Ingram, the Thunder should win that game. But it's a road game and a road back-to-back on a Saturday-Sunday, and you got the time change and all of that going against them. But it's still San Antonio's a very bad basketball team and New Orleans a very shorthanded team. But the Thunder got it done, and let's start with the last game first, Matt. Jalen Williams. I mean, J-Dub, we've talked about him all year long. Last night, he didn't even shoot the ball that well. Seven of 18, one for four from three. But he still dominated the game. I heard Spinoza talking about it driving in. He said he was clearly the best player on the floor. 
And he was. I mean, he had 21 points. Um, he, he had 10 assists, 7 rebounds, 6 for 7 from the foul line, played good on the defensive end, 4 offensive re- I mean, the guy is just a complete basketball player, Matt. He can do whatever you need him to do, basically. And for the Thunder last night, though, I thought Usman Jang and and the bench, Matt. You look at the bench plus minuses for the Thunder, and it's plus 10, 16, 17, and 11. I mean, Jang, Aaron Wiggins, Sarich, and Lindy Waters, even though Waters didn't shoot it that well. But the bench played really well, led by Usman Jang with 17 points, 8 rebounds last night. So that's another plus for this young basketball team. But Jalen Williams, J-Dub, he is just so good. And last night, again, the Thunder playing without Shea Gilgis Alexander because they set him out on the second game of a back-to-back. He's missed 11 games this year, trying to come back from the ass strain. We'll get to what he did on, on Saturday night in just a second, Matt. Uh, but, again, going against a bad San Antonio team that is now 17-50, and 50, the Thunder should win this game. But what was impressive to me is they did it without SGA, and they did it without shooting the ball well. Both teams shot, you know, under 38% for the game. The Thunder shoot 10 out of 39 from three. San Antonio 10 for 36. I mean, both teams are just throwing up brick after brick last night. But the Thunder did the things that they need to do. They forced 19 turnovers. They turned those into 17 points. We talk about that on a nightly basis. They out-rebound San Antonio. They had more assists. Jalen Williams, the 10 assists was as, as impressive as anything to me, Matt. Forcing 18 turnovers, or at least by my box score, 18 turnovers, Craig. I don't know what you have. Yeah, 19, yeah, 19 okay. for 17 points, I, right? Th- yeah. That was big, especially on a night where you're not shooting it well. I thought Jang was really good. 17 points and 8 yeah. rebounds off the bench. Take that any day. Um, hey, look, we, we've talked about it, and um, I've been pretty opinionated when it comes to Sam Presti and some of his draft picks. Some of them have been terrific. Some of them have not. This Jalen Williams pick looks like a terrific pick. I know he's only a rookie, but what more do you need to see? I mean, this guy, he's, you know, right now you have to say second best player on the team and appears to be somebody that is some, you know, you can build around. You can build around him and SGA going forward. So even on a night where he was only 7 of 18 from the floor, like you said, 10 assists and 7 rebounds, um, I, I thought he was really good. I, I don't think anybody really had that great, other than him and Jang, uh, really had that great of a uh, of an offensive game. I mean, Giddy, you know, he had 15 points, 11 boards, had 5 assists, only 1 turnover in 32 minutes. Now, he didn't have a great shooting night, 6 of 16. Um, but not terrible, yeah. I mean, 15 and 11, not terrible. But li- yeah. like you said, Matt, yeah, there was no one – there's no outstanding numbers when you look at this box No, th- there wasn't. But you know what? Sometimes you have to win games in the mud. Yeah, that's you know, right. I, and, and you're doing it without SGA. Now, San Antonio's awful. We know San, that. Well, they're awful, and they were shorthand. San Antonio right. didn't have Keldon Johnson, yeah, Sohan. Right. They didn't have Trey Jones. They, they lost Malachi Branham uh, uh, to an injury in the second quarter. So – yeah, I mean, this not only was were they playing a bad team, they were playing a shorthanded, a, a shorthanded bad, bad team. team. <laughs> are, are you? We've yeah. talked a little bit about this earlier on in the year, but are you kind of surprised Popovich is still doing this? Does he just a little feel, surprised? Does, little does surprised. he just? Yes. Maybe he just feels like. Well, maybe he's just a gym rat, and maybe he just feels like he wants to help them out with the rebuild. I guess maybe he's that loyal. I don't know. I. Maybe he wants to see what he can do with Wimben Yama. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, <laughs> but I don't have any idea. the Spurs idea. are closing out their worst season since they finished 20-62 yeah. and 62 back in 1997. That was the season before they selected Tim, Tim Duncan. Duncan. 
with the number I'd say one that, pick. I'd say that worked out pretty well. So, um, yeah, no, I, know, it, I don't know. This was a, and again, second half of back to back. Frankly, yeah. I, I when you're playing the Spurs, I, I don't, I wouldn't have wanted to hear that excuse. You know, you're playing the Spurs, you're playing the shorthanded Spurs. Yes, I know SGA yeah. wasn't out there. I don't care. This is a game you needed to win, and now and they did one hundred two ninety and and. and yeah, and now they're 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 in a a dead heat with three other teams at thirty three and thirty five. Utah, Oklahoma City, the Lakers, and New Orleans, who they beat on Saturday. All four of those teams are thirty three and thirty five. Now the standings that I'm looking at, Craig, Thunder he, would be ten right now. Yeah, I think, Utah with the nine, Oklahoma City yeah. ten. That's right. Yeah. Well, and and let's talk about New Orleans. That game was was Saturday night again. This was a back to back. SGA did play on Saturday night, and he scored 35 points. And it was the Pelicans, like we said, underman without Zion, without Brandon Ingram. Again, I say that's a game you should you should win. Yes. When you have right. SGA, they don't have their guys. Giddy, I thought, was really good uh, on, on Saturday night. Matt had 19 points, um, seven rebounds. But, but also, J-Dub, Jalen Williams. 17 points in that game with, with three steals, seven out of ten shooting, just just very efficient. Uh, Thunder, again, didn't shoot the three well on, on Saturday e- either, uh, 32%. But what do we always say? They forced 22 turnovers. Uh, 22 turnovers, they for- they uh, turned them into 23 points. And, and where um, New Orleans only had eight points off of Thunder turnovers. So plus 15 in points off of turnovers. That's the other thing that this team does. But Giddy was talking about about uh, SGA after the game and said his mid-range, uh, mid-range game is up there with the best in the league. He's crafty on the block in the mid-post, finishes well, gets fouled a lot. So he's got a very deep bag. He's got a lot of weapons that he mm-hmm. goes to, and there's not a lot of guys in this league who can cover him one-on-one. Well said, Josh well, he's right. And, and I think crafty yeah. is a great word to describe him. I don't think there's any any doubt about that. And so the Thunder have now won five of six, and not only have they won five of six, if you look at the stretch, three of those wins are against teams with whom they're tied right now. Two of them against Utah, one against New Orleans, and they have a win over the Warriors. Um, and I know the Warriors, especially when they've gone on the road, haven't. Did you see Curry after the Milwaukee game? Was it Lisa Salters, I think, that asked him, how do you bottle this up and go on the road? And Curry was like, I don't know. I don't Good have question. any idea. Good question. <laughs> he, I mean, they're, they're searching yeah. for answers out there. And their only loss was to a, you know, to a Phoenix team, and it was the second half of a back-to-back, and SGA wasn't playing. So, you know, after that five-game losing streak, Craig, where it and, and, you know, the Thunder had lost, what, six out of seven, including, and, and in that six out of seven, they had a loss to New Orleans, and they had a loss to Utah, you know, those teams that we're, you know, we're talking about how they're tied with. Um, and it kind of looked like, you know, maybe the season's getting away. Maybe they're starting to think down the road a little bit. They've come back now, and, and once SGA got healthy, they've won five out of six. And it appears like, I mean, it appears to me anyway, Craig, they're going to make a run at this thing, whereas I, I, I wasn't convinced of that two weeks ago. Well, and on the New Orleans side of things, they're now 9-21 and 21 since Zion went down with the right hamstring on January the yeah, 2nd. Yeah, it's been Jan- – yeah. I, I mean, he's been yeah. a long time. That's and, a long time, and, yeah. And they're 8-11 they're and 11 when they play without Zion and Ingram. I'm really pretty amazed at that. I mean, 8-11 and 11 right. is not bad when you don't have both those, those two. guys. Yeah. Um, but anyway, but that was the Thunder weekend. Uh, elsewhere, we'll just hopscotch real quick, Matt. Um, Denver loses again when Jokic has another. Remember, for a long time, they had won every game when he had a triple-double. Well, this time, Jokic goes for 
35, 20, and 11. 20 rebounds in this one, six offensive. Uh, but all that was not enough to beat the Brooklyn Nets. All right, who, who Mikael Bridges just continues to light up. He had he had 25. Nick Claxton had 26 and five, and and Dinwiddie had 16 assists in that game uh, for the Nets. The Nets are not bad, and they just beat the number one team in the West. Um, Philadelphia continues to roll. The Sixers have won five in a row. Joel Embiid, 34 points, eight rebounds, makes his foul shots, 10 out of 12. We say this all the time. And Harden had 18 and 14 in that game. Harden just very efficient. We say that all the time. Uh, Cleveland uh, beat Charlotte. Uh, Garland and Mitchell leading that one. Uh, New Orleans, uh, Trey Murphy the third. He goes off for 41 in the game on Sunday after the Thunder had beaten them on Saturday. Now, again, Dame was not playing for Portland in that one, but New Orleans gets back on track. C.J. McCollum also had 22 and 11 in that one. And Anthony Davis, after the game, says, I didn't do my job last mm-hmm. night. Now, Davis, you look at his numbers, numbers they don't look bad. terrible. Right. 17 and 16, but he went one for five at the line. He thought he missed some, some opportunities around the bucket and so forth. Anyway, bottom line is Lakers just didn't get it done at home against the Knicks. Josh Hart had the game-winning free throws there as Barrett and Randall went for a combined 63 points in that one. I always talk about how those guys can shoot you out of a bunch of games. Uh, But, you know, last night they were both fairly on. I mean, just a little under 500 for each of them from the field. They weren't on from three. They went four for 20 from three. But the Knicks still win the game, so they move to 40 and 30 and then the game you talked about matt steph curry um in the uh win oh, over the bucks that was the saturday night game. what a performance late i just amazing. well 22 of his points uh, he scored 36 and 22 of them came in the fourth quarter in overtime that was his first home game back after he had had that long injury absence he had played some road games but not a home game yet but again this one yeah they won the game they had to huff and puff and then do it at home when the Bucks don't even have Giannis, you know, so that's but, right. But that's they right. did get the win. They 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 got the win. Curry was great with the thirty six. Clay Thompson had twenty two. David Chinzo was a big part of that one, knocking down six threes, twenty points, and ten rebounds uh, for David Chinzo. Not that in it, that one. Not that it ended up mattering, but I do have to wonder what in the world is Draymond Green taking the last shot for in regulation? Well, and he thought, did you did you see Draymond's quote on that that that. He he said uh, it looked like money or something oh, like that. Lord. I don't I don't have the quote in front of me, but he, yeah, he said I I thought it was money, um, okay, but well. no cash. Yeah, he said I I thought for sure it was cash. <laughs> Draymond. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, no. Hey, uh, Steph Curry, this just in. Yeah, right. You know, the, breaking the news: shooter. he can play. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, that was a fun game uh, because... Even without Giannis, you're right, it was. Yeah, Golden State had 20, uh, knocked down 23 threes. Milwaukee knocked down 21 threes themselves. Joe Ingles comes off the bench with five for six from three. Uh, Javon Carter knocked down three threes. Drew Holiday, I thought he, he didn't shoot the ball well from two, and he had six turnovers, but still he had 18, 9, and 8, and he had uh, some big buckets in that game. Middleton in the starting line. This Buck team is deep, and they are good. Yeah, they lost that one uh, without Giannis, but, uh, but it's a heck of a game. 18 lead changes, 12 ties uh, in that one on uh, Saturday night. And the other game, Sacramento wins in Phoenix, all right? Yeah, I, I know there's no Kevin Durant yet, but still this Sacramento team, what they have seven guys in double figures and four of them are off the bench in that game the other night as they take down 
uh, the Suns and, and, and Devin Booker, 128-119 uh, uh, the other night. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. If you sacrifice your dream for the sake of satisfying someone else, that can often lead to ongoing resentment, which then poisons a relationship subtly, slowly, but it does. And if he doesn't want to let you down, then your dreams matter. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. It's the Bob Moore Ford Drive of the Game. Sponsored by Bob Moore Ford. Football is back, which means tailgate parties, which means trucks with tailgates, which means savings on all Ford F-150s at Bob Moore. Visit BobMooreFord.com. Yesifu barrels to the basket. Cunningham ripped it away, and now it's race. Lob. Oh! 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 Up and up away. And Texas, everything going their way. Brock Cunningham's been in the middle of most of it. And now Jabari Rice, Arterio Morris. Whoa. Arterio, unbelievable. Mr. Morris, what a play. 6-2, high riser. Yes, he loves it. Love hearing Dickie V on the call. John Shambi, Dick Vitale, ESPN, calling the Phillips 66 Big 12 Championship final as Texas. It was all Texas. 76-56 over Kansas. That one made it 70-50. to Arterio Morris uh, went high for the slam. Uh, Morris had eight points off the bench. Like we said, Texas just balanced scoring yesterday. Dylan DeSue with 18. Uh, Serge Barry Rice with 17. Marcus Carr had 17. Brock Cunningham, like we said, big off the bench with eight points, nine rebounds, uh, three assists. And Arterio Morris also having eight points off the bench in that big Longhorn victory yesterday. We're right here at Dave Stanley, Chrysler, Jeep, and Dodge. We'll tell you more about them in a few minutes. Matt Meyer in studio. We have Pat Jones coming up in a couple of minutes. And, Matt, yesterday, Scotty Scheffler moves back to the number one spot in the world. He wins the Players' Championship by five shots. And, Matt, what can you say about Scotty Scheffler, what is not to like about this kid is what I want, want uh, to say. He, because he seems as though he's just incredibly likable. You're right. Yes. Really seems but, that way. I mean, I don't obviously know him, but he seems that way, yes. I, d- I don't know him either. I did meet his dad, you know, on, on Tuesday of the Masters yes. last year behind right. the clubhouse. I, I I met his dad, spent about five minutes talking to him, very uh, down-to-earth, very nice guy. I told his dad, I said, you should write a book on, on – on uh for for parents of junior golfers and he said if i did i would make a lot of parents mad uh but he's just (laughs) yeah he's just down to earth great guy in the kid and i know he's he's a christian i do think his faith uh plays a lot a big part in this i don't know to me i look at it i see great parents i see a great wife i i see you know uh he he has his priorities right and has the lord in his life but he's, he also has just been blessed with a great golf game. But I see a, a fearless kid. He's a competitor. He's hitting driver. You know, he, he's he's playing yesterday with Minwoo uh, Min Lee, who Minwoo Lee is afraid to hit the driver on that golf course. And Scotty Scheffler keeps pulling out the driver every hole and is just striping it and hits it long. But he, he's, he's fearless. What I'm saying is he didn't just – you know, um, go into a mode of being very conservative and, and just trying to to uh, 
you know, be conservative to the finish and, and protect his lead, he was still attacking. And what he does, Matt, is he he makes like five straight birdies in the middle of that round yesterday. So he, he stayed aggressive, builds a six-shot lead, ends up shooting a 300 par 69, wins the richest prize on the PGA Tour. All he did was win $4.5 million uh, yesterday. And, no, I, I got a text last night from, from Stan Ball, who I have a lot of respect for, Ball Golf, and Stan said, what a modest man Scotty Scheffler is. You know, as we know, Stan said, golf is so, so hard. It won't allow players to get cocky or arrogant. But he said, have we seen someone as soft-spoken and, and humble? He said, so refreshing. And I, I totally agree with Stan Ball. And I, I said, he's got the mind and maturity to stay at or near the best of the game for a long time. Such a good guy, very likable like we talked about, Matt. Uh, but he can really play. And, and when he's got the putter working, which he did obviously this weekend, uh, he can just go on these runs. We saw him do it at the mat, you know, last year. He hadn't even won before, what, Phoenix? And he wins Phoenix. And he wins, what, last year he won, what, Bay Hill match play and then the Masters to move to number one in the world. Now he's got six wins in his last 27 starts, all right. Um, And he's back to number one in the world, Matt. So I just, I can't say enough good things about uh, Scotty Shuffler and where, where golf is right now. And we talked... Just a little over a week ago, we were talking about John Rahm, Matt, and yeah. talking about how dominant that John John Rahm was. Well, John Hi. Rahm had to withdraw from the players shortly before the start of the second round, had a stomach illness. He had a, had a one under par 71 in, in the first round. He was in that group with Scotty Scheffler and Rory, you know, for the first two days. Rahm had been the hottest golfer on the planet. He had won five times in his previous nine yep. worldwide starts, including three times on the PGA Tour. Rahm had won the Tournament of Champions. He had won the American Express at Palm Springs, and he had won the Genesis in L.A. And then he shoots the 65, remember, the first-round lead at Bay Hill, and we're thinking, here he goes again. But then, Matt, Rahm shot a four-over 76 on Saturday, all right, at um, – Bay Hill, and then shot another, um, well, he shot a 76 on Friday and then another 76 on Saturday at Bay Hill. Ends up tying for 39th at Bay Hill. Then, like we said, he had to WD out of the players, but he had had 10 straight top 10 finishes in, in worldwide starts. His worst finish, uh, the, the um, uh, Bay Hill finish, where he finished tied for 39th, that was his worst finish since he tied for 55th at the Genesis Scottish Open way back in July. Anyway, Scotty Scheffler was number two going into this. He regains the number one spot. Uh, Rory McIlroy bows out of this one quickly with a missed cut this weekend. In fact, he's in Augusta today. Uh, Said he was going to head over to Augusta on Monday and Tuesday of this week. Rory says, you know, he said, I got to get back to being a full time golfer uh, because he's had a lot of duties organizing players' meetings and formulating new models for the tour, uh, dealing with the media and so forth. And um, I, I do think it's taken a toll on, on Rory and on his game. But he shoots a one over par 73 in the second round, finishes five over after 36 holes. It was the sixth time that he's missed the cut in the players' championship. Um, but I thought Rory hit driver way too much 
Uh, he's got a new driver that he's working with. Uh, that's a that's a long story. His manufacturer, I don't know if they've come up with a driver that he's that he's totally comfortable with. Still a great driver of the golf ball. He'll still be a threat at Augusta National, but he didn't have it over the weekend at Ponte Vedra. But uh, big story was Scotty uh, Scotty Scheffler, and then how about Tyrrell Hatton, Matt? This guy. Um, he can be a volcano out on the golf course My and man. explode at times. But he birdies the last five <laughs> holes for a 65. Yeah. And Scotty was just making the turn at that time, and you're thinking, well, and the wind was coming up. The wind started gusting up to 30 miles an hour, and you're going, well, if Scheffler has a high number or two, who knows? Tyrrell Hatton's in the clubhouse at right. minus 12. Uh, but he ended up with a nice payday, and that, that was the deal. These guys are playing for so much money, Matt that like you take a Taylor Montgomery and Taylor Montgomery was 10 under par going into number 15. And what did he, he bogeyed 15, he doubled 16 and then he makes a quad at 17, 17, the wind on that hole yesterday, it was just, they, they couldn't figure it out. I saw at least a half dozen players go over that green. Taylor Montgomery was one of them. He went over kind of by the walkway back in the back left. So he takes his drop there and then he chips another one into uh, the water from there. So he's in and one, out and two, in and three, out and four. Then he runs the next one all the way to the to the fringe on the other side, almost went in the water there. That's in five, two putts for a seven. And he cost himself a ton of money. He ends up shooting 76 and making $75,000 where, like, he was at 10 under right before that. Victor Hovland finished at 10 under and made almost $1.5 million. So that's the difference between 1.475 million and 75,000 was just a, a, a three-hole stretch where it can get away from you there at Ponte Vedra. But anyway, Hatton finishes second. Tom Hoagie set the course record on Saturday with a 62. Uh, he finished with a 70. He tied with Victor Hovland there, so he also won 1.475 million. Matsuyama won over a, a million dollars, you know, finishing fifth place. So. A lot of money at the top there of the Players' Championship. Get an inside look at Hollywood with Michael Rosenbaum. Let's get inside of my buddy, Kamal Nanjiani. When you talk about Eternals and it wasn't the response that you were hoping, how did that affect you? Marvel thought that we'd be going on a wave of raves, you know, and it wasn't true. The reviews were really bad. And you were aware of it while you were on tour? Yeah, I was too aware of it. And so very intentionally, I did start counseling. Emily says that I do have trauma from it. Inside of you with Michael Rosenbaum. Wherever you listen.